This editorially independent podcast is supported by Visit Flanders. <laughs> you said it in English. ASMR. ASMR to see him. Yeah, so here we go with the system. How shit the glasses are. The glasses are uh, moving gently as the liquid pours in. What is it? What is it? Audio. Audio sensory. Yeah, I don't even know. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Okay. The tangles. This is ASMR from Brasserie. You can hear the You can hear the. You can hear the bubbles. Do do the next one. The last one up against the microphone. Oh yeah, that's good in the headphones. And with the beast, it's better. Merci beaucoup. There is. Is you're already recording? Yes. Nice. Christophe Pravin, Félix Damien, and Martin Parin started Brasserie La Jungle in March 2020. Today, Perrin lives in Canada, emigrating to work at another brewery in Quebec. Today's conversation is with Pravin and Damien, recorded in their brewery home at Studio City Gate, a complex of old textile warehouses in Brussels' Anderlecht region. These warehouses were abandoned for decades, but are today given over to creatives, entrepreneurs and associations as part of an urban renewal project. It's located a few hundred metres from the city's Seine River to the east and a few hundred metres from the Brussels Charlois Canal to the west. Outside Studio City Gate are Moroccan bakeries, Romanian cafes and traffic jams. Inside Studio City Gate, La Jungle's tiny, windowless production space has for company a diverse range of neighbouring businesses. A skate park, a climbing hall, a music centre, a chocolatier, there's a jewellery designer, there's a blacksmith, a book binder, a ceramic potter and a bicycle shop. The brewery was named for the chaotic urban jungle that surrounds it, a chaos that its owners loved, but from which they also aspired to be free. Their ambition was to cohesively merge their wildly diverging beer tastes. Pastoral Belgian ales, and in particular Saison, traditional English styles, and mixed fermentation beers packed with fruit. Now they do this all against a very challenging backdrop. You know, these challenges include disinterest from Brussels drinkers in unfamiliar styles, rolling pandemic lockdowns, they actually opened a few days before the first Covid shutdown, the fracturing of their original triumvirate through immigration, today's global energy crisis and an increasingly cutthroat beer market. In Belgian beer, it's survival of the fittest. You live by the law of the jungle. My name is Brendan Kearney, and you're listening to the Belgian Smack Podcast.
part one of this conversation is called Welcome to the Jungle. I'm Christophe, as you said. Uh, I co-created the, the brewery with uh, Felix and uh, Martin, which we was not there uh, today. Um, and uh, yeah, so in the brewery, we are all doing everything because we are a small team, but I'm mostly in charge of dealing with the, um, the place where we sell our beers, the trying to deal with the communication also and all this kind of stuff. Uh, and this is mainly it. Um, yeah, <laughs> for the okay. for a short introduction. Great. So I'm I'm Felix. Uh, so in the brewery, I'm mainly um, focusing on the production, um, planning the production, planning the the orders for the malt, uh, thinking of the recipe. Uh, I was mainly in charge at the beginning of the the Brasserie La Jungle of all the, um, the wild beer fermentation. So uh, my pleasure, my what I like the most is like to to play with blending, with fruit, with uh, white fermentation and to understand how it goes. Um, and that's it. So right now we work the two of us. So as Christophe says, he can do uh, all brew and I can deliver the beers and speak with client, but we are responsible for all parts. What are we drinking? So we are currently drinking Saison La Jungle, uh, which is our uh, main beer, let's say. Um, it's a Saison, we can say it's a modern Saison, because it's kind of light, uh, easy drinking, low in alcohol, uh, and that's what we wanted. We wanted a simple beer, but uh, not so simple. It's simple to drink, but with complexity. So we brew all our Saison with um, Saison yeast, which is the diastatic. It means that uh, Uh, the yeast has a special uh, gene that will allow the yeast to eat all the sugars, the simple and the dextrin. So uh, the beer will be bone dry, no, no residual sugar, uh, which gives the beer uh, dryness and kind of um, freshness also. That, that's really important for us to have freshness in the beer. And um, for that beer specifically, we brewed uh, with uh, wheat and with oat. Um, 
and we used mainly um, German hops and um, English hops. So that's uh, something common in all our beers. We use only European uh, compounds, let's say. So the malt is from a Belgian maltry, but the hops, we don't use like uh, New World hops. Uh, we only use English, um, German, Slovenian and Czech uh, mm-hmm. hops. So w- the what's the ABV on the, on the saison? The ABV is 5.6. Yeah, it's, it's very drinkable. As yeah. you say, it's quite dry. Mm-hmm. There is some bitterness there, but it's definitely not exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the yeast profile is really fruity. Yeah. A lot of citrus, especially like orange, mm-hmm. tangerine, um, l- much less peppery than maybe a lot of commercial modern saisons. Yeah. It is a bit. Uh, in, in, the the back, a bit. in the back, there's a bit of... Uh, of for me, of, the of orange dominates. Spicy, you know? but yes, it's fruity and it's not too much phenolic, or at least we don't use it uh, for that. Um, also, in order to have like a, a easy drinking saison. We yeah. have uh, another... Saison that we sell more in winter, which which is a double saison, uh, Bruxelles-Sun, uh, which we we are working on it to to get more complexity and a bit of uh, warmness, a bit of more like marmalade fruit mm-hmm. uh, to be uh, more like uh, uh, better mousse feel and stuff. And are you doing that through grains or through fermentation? Uh, mainly grains with uh, rye. We like a lot to work with rye because it gives a really rustic um, sensation uh, flavor and a good mousse feel and also as the Brussels sun is also bone dry uh, uh, yes it gives a good complexity to accompany the, 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 the alcohol because Brussels sun is like almost 7 degrees of alcohol if you have 7 degrees of alcohol and a bone dry beer it can feel a bit of watery so that's why we work a lot of uh, with, the, with the rye and a bit of oat also mm-hmm. yeah, to, also to, to accompany the beer and makes it uh, warm and refreshing at the same time yeah um you mentioned that there were three of you at the start i think it's um martin mm-hmm. martin per- absolutely Piren. 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 um so how did the three of you guys meet and like how did this project come about well it's a lot about um <coughs> we, we uh uh, it started, I mean, Martin at first was a friend of Felix when they were really younger. I didn't really know them at, at that moment. I knew Martin a little bit because we were in the same, we all grew up in kind of the same area, you know, so, and Belgium is a small world, small country, especially, uh, you know, s- small region are also really smaller. So we kind of knew each other by, by uh, you know, by sight. And, so when we started, uh, I started to study cinema in Brussels in uh, 2007, 2007. And that's where I met Martin, but we knew each other already. And so we stayed kind of together. And uh, He was also studying cinema. Yeah. Yeah, we knew each other because we were playing soccer. We would play soccer, football. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> when I speak English, I used to say I usually say soccer because I speak to American people. Anyway, <laughs> uh, we were playing football together, so we knew each other, and uh, then we st- when we, st- we we met each other at the school, we said, okay, yeah, you know, let's be friends <laughs> because we don't know anyone else. And uh, then I met Felix through uh, Martin because he was friend from school. And then that's how we started to hang together, to drink a lot of beers together. And I think uh, it was seven years ago that we started to brew on our own, seven or eight years ago. 
So that brings us to uh, yeah, 2015. So let's say uh, a bit less than 10 years after our meeting, we started to create our own brewery at, at home. And we were a fan of uh, Saison Dupont back then, Bon Vieux. Uh, it was kind of the only one uh, that were kind of out of the classic Chimay and Westmal that uh, it was really just at that moment that Zinubir and De Ronk was yeah, already a bit there. Bildenberg was one of the first triples that that made ourselves think, yeah, you know, actually there is some other brewery than the monks and the big ones. So that's how it kind of started and um, and that's how it yeah, started. Yeah, we, we were good uh, dr drinker friends because we yeah. liked the same kind of beer. Were you also studying cinema? No, no I was not. From another uh, branch, I was studying uh, science and uh, agronomy. And uh, in, in my school, I had some friends that were uh, brewing because we had some, some, some lessons about brewing and I had a friend that had uh, all the material to brew. And uh, I went brewing once with them And it was super funny because they knew a lot about techniques, but not a lot about taste and about kind of beer, what they wanted to do. They, they were trying to make a triple carmelite and left and stuff. So it was really funny to learn with them. But then I was speaking with uh, Martin and Christophe and we realized that we had the same uh, envy of beers. And that's why uh, I borrowed the equipment of my friend at school and I went brewing with Martin and, uh, and Christophe. And since the beginning, and that's what that's funny, it's like it was nine years ago. But we begin also by brewing like light beers with European hops and, and saison. And it was already the, the aim at that time because we were really fan of, uh, of De La Seine and De Rank and Dupont. That was the three uh, main uh, focus. And after that, each of us had uh, our own um, uh, chemin. Uh, path, yeah, and uh, I went working on a big company. They were dealing with cinema stuff. Martin went to Canada. He learned brewing there because he made a. Um, uh, uh, he made a kind of six month formation, six month formation in the. How do you say? Brewery was the Institut Brassicole du Québec. Mm -hmm. So and yeah, like I quit my job. I went traveling. I was working at the rank, and then. Four years ago, we meet again and we said, okay, now it's the time to do our own brewery. We, we, are, we have skills, we have a, a real idea of what we wanted to do and, uh, and we are ready to do it. And, uh, and so we did. Was that just like a, a, a kind of a human maturity yes. thing that the, you were met you came back at the right time it was the, and you had this experience shared sure, experience together surely because as I used to say the first time you you mix your kettle at home and you do your first beer you you say oh I want to be a brewer and I want to have a brewery so we knew it we were always thinking and speaking about that but like lightly, lightly. and then when Martin came back from Canada and I went back from my uh, my formation it was more clear and we knew that we wanted to brew saison to brew like dry beer use bitterness and to add the mixed fermentation beer and and then we began to to plan our recipe and our philosophy it was mainly about philosophy and uh, the name also like la jungle which means for us uh, it's a it's an image of brussels of the craziness of uh, traffic and stuff means uh, it's like the, yeah, the urban jungle of that's absolutely definitely that and, uh, and i mean were you were you kind of, you're coming from a scientific background yeah. so you're you know maybe more technically minded 
and you have like you know maybe a, a, a closer eye on the the fermentation science um, I maybe I, I had at the beginning when we learn when we began to brew I had more this uh, scientific approach um, but after Martin came to Canada and uh, we're, were studying for six months and then working uh, also and so when he came back he learned me a lot of, uh, of professional uh, side of the job because I was more working and but then I, I went to Australia to White Flower, which is a, a brewing and blending, so it's really specific. And then I went to the rank, which you can say it's not a classic brewery. So I, I learned a lot, but not in the brewing, uh, really brewing technique. So it was Martin that came back from Canada and that uh, gave us all the, um, the more technical supply and, and that's why when we began Martin was more in charge of uh, all the clean beer I was more uh, in charge of the mixed fermentation and Christophe uh, for the all the rest <laughs> all the rest <laughs> yeah and I mean you're, you, were you kind of nervous about getting into business with someone who, who just sits and watch, watches movies <laughs> Um, I'm still doing it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's a good storyteller, so... Uh, yeah, you know, well, that's important, similar, I guess. That's yeah, important. Marketing. But I mean, yeah. what, what we had in mind at first, because um, in between all those events, uh, we uh, I went also to, to Canada for one year in 2016. And before that, after our study, we went to... Uh, to Canada for one month with Martin and with Jérôme, a friend of mine, which is actually the cousin of Félix, the son of Jeff from uh, Deronc. Anyway. And now he's working at L'Hermitage. And uh, we went there for a month and then that's when we discovered the the all the breweries in, in Quebec, in Montreal. And it was, I think, in 2010 or 11, maybe 11. And that's when the IPAs exploded in Belgium. So when we went back in Belgium, we were like, oh, actually, everything is coming here now. It's it's kind of funny. So, And it made us realize that, uh, yeah, small-scale brewery can exist because they do in Canada and uh, not not uh, not only uh, big big industries like in Belgium. So, uh, and we also came back with the, the image of the brew pub that exists in Canada that didn't exist in Belgium at all. So that's also what we wanted to develop. And I was, I mean, when we started the project, I was mainly concerned by this side of the project, which finally didn't really, did not really happen of, because of the place we found, the COVID and stuff like that. So, and we focused on different things, but at first that was mainly my... Uh, but I mean, so I have a question on kind of the identity now, because, you know, when you say Dupont, for example, right from the very start and then continually influencing how you develop the project. I can totally see that when I taste this beer because it's this very um, fruity, very drinkable, uh, very dry beer, which a lot of the Dupont, Dupont beers mm -hmm. are. It's, um, it's yeast driven, but like not exaggerated. And you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a very pleasurable drinking experience. So I can totally see that kind of jammy, marmalade, orange, citrus um, flavor profile. Um, but then when you keep, when you see what's happening and you're talking about brew pubs and you're talking about IPAs and you're talking about how inverted commas craft is coming to Belgium, why, why do you guys go for kind of modern saison? Why, why don't you go for IPAs using the 
aromatic, seductive Yakima Valley hops that you've just mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. But honestly, it's because we wanted to, to sell and to make beer that we enjoy drinking. We enjoyed drinking IPAs back in the days, but at some point, you know, I remember times when we went to uh, Dynamo in Saint-Gilles. Uh, it's a craft, you know, the place, it's a craft beer. And I remember going there and they had a, a nice selection and then they had one or two IPAs and we were saying, okay, let's save them for the end because after that we won't be tasting anything else. And when I go there now, I see only IPAs. Mm. So, and it was even, even like that four years ago, I think, so... We thought actually it's also w w when we realized that the beers that we liked are not really represented in the, I mean, in a business way of talking, you know, they're not really, I mean, yeah, there's the, the big old one like Dupont, uh, there is um, La Seine, we, we, they are also doing a lot of old school saison inspired beer, but they, they also have a, I mean, and they're already in place everywhere. So, so that's how we realized that in the small ones, they were not really, um, anything taken and l'amitage existed back then Anstumenings was just starting la source was not even there mm -hmm. uh, la mule not at all uh, because they started really yeah, recently I mean, now, now so, Brussels is completely yeah, yeah. different four years ago it was a real different I mean half of the breweries from now did not exist yeah. so when I came to Belgium in 2013 14 there was I think Cantillon and De La Seine were yeah. kind of just upping to Absolutely. a slightly bigger yeah. brewery you could put a number on each brewery. We knew that Ansemling was yeah, third. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and because yeah, for a while it was... There was this last that. year it's kind of exploded. And we can, we can talk about that maybe yeah, more yeah. towards the end. But um, I mean, I guess my, my question is like, why in a way limit yourselves? You talked about only using European hops. And, yeah, but uh, I, I like the question because it's something a bit, uh, you know... We are super influenced by Canada, by microbreweries, by modern stuff, and uh, we have a name that is a bit tropical, and uh, our labels is with uh, colors and saturated in colors, and we like a bit this um, the, the 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 two side of the project is like we 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 are modern, but we like kind of traditional style, and but it's a really it's an envy of of brewing something and that is really drinkable like we can speak after about our approach of um, English beers we, we fall in love with English beer because there is the same kind of drinkability be between saison and uh, an English beer like bitter and porter they are like um, also it's beers that are accessible not too much expensive like to brew a saison it's not expensive the the yeast eat all the sugar so with a bit of grain you can raise um, and reach a certain level a certain ABV that you will need much more grain for a pale ale for example you can use uh, hops that are around uh, we, we work more and more with uh, um, uh, Europe, uh, Belgian hops like mm -hmm. uh, English variety but growing Grown in Belgium we try to work with that and it's all the, um, the same meaning it's to be like uh, okay with uh, our production and to brew something easy to drink easy to produce not too much expensive uh, we want to keep a, a low price to have a access, accessible product and for us it means a lot to find our uh, ingredients around and not to bring some hops 
from far away uh, and, and technically it's nice also to relearn how to use the traditional hops. We can do many things. We've done um, a pale ale for, um, for an event here and it was only European hops and not uh, modern hops. It was classic like Styrian Golding, Eastern Golding and we, we reach a certain level of fruitness and of uh, silkness. It was really good so it's nice also it's uh, challenging and it's something that we like and as we never tried to make IPAs um, I'm sure I'm not best and I would not do the best IPA so I prefer to let that to some specialists like La Source and L'Hermitage they will do that there's well. plenty of good IPAs right there. The, uh, and, uh, and actually yeah. there is plenty of good IPAs and I think like La Source uh, sorry La, La Mule found a really good yeah. uh, window with the, with the German beer mm -hmm. we are in the same philosophy um, so and that's why I think there is a place for us in the future because we will always uh, propose some special product um, and different product so it's kind of the two of you guys and um is martin is he involved still or has he kind of left the project so he left two years ago to um, to to canada first it was for a year uh, he wanted to to go there with uh, her partner because she was studying there and martin has been always in love with montreal it's a strong love he has two well let's say three love with her, her partner but after it's beer and la jungle and montreal and so there was an opportunity for him to go back there and so at first it was uh, for a year then it was for two years then now i think they're more and more uh, planning to live there um, so he's still involved we are still speaking with him and as he was really involved in all the recipe of saison uh, so yes he has his uh, footprint in La Jungle but uh, no in terms of uh, um, like a practical job and orientation of the, the, the brewery we are dealing with the two, uh, the yeah. two of us yeah Two of this conversation is called Crossing the Streams. You've been gone. So this one already something very different on the nose. You get like um, getting more of like a lemony sherbet um, aromatic. I 
and then you have this kind of lighter body, kind of a wheaty grain profile, and mm-hmm. also acidity, very yeah. slight acidity. Mm-hmm. So lemony, sherbety, also dry. Yeah, bone dry. Talk to me about what this beer is and, you know, how you approached it. So that's um, actually the first beer we released uh, from this equipment. Um, so the table beer is actually, as you said, it's a wheat beer. So it's really light. It's a 3.8 ABV. Um, and it's a mixed fermentation uh, beer. It's what we used to call a young mixed fermentation beer. So it doesn't have uh, any wood, any barrels uh, on it. It's um, plastic fermented. And uh, let's say primary fermentation is kind of short. Uh, as we let the beer in plastic uh, containers which are more porous than wood and stainless steel uh, we cannot let it too much because uh, if not there will be too much acetic side in the in the beer um, so it's a really really light and simple saison we brewed it uh, with wheat and flaked wheat and we ferment it with our French saison so it eats uh, almost everything and then when the primary fermentation is over we add our magic blend of wild yeast uh, bacteria and Britannomyces and we let the beer sit until it reached the good pH the good taste and we bottle so between brewing and bottling we have between five to eight weeks so it's kind of uh, young for a wild. You mean months? Uh, months, sorry. Uh, no, 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 no. Uh, weeks. Between bottling, you mean? Uh, yeah, between bottling. Okay. So when we brewed it, it's yeah between four weeks and two months, let's say, mm-hmm. uh, okay, yeah. to reach the, the good pH, and then we let we put it in bottle, and then we let three months in bottle. Mm-hmm. because uh, it's not a sour beer, it's a wild beer. So there is a evolution in the bottle. And after three months, there is a hint of bread that can arrive. Not mm-hmm. too sharp, not too big, because there is not simple sugar anymore. So they are working in another kind of process, uh, expressing themselves, but slightly. So and does it present fruity or it's more fruity? It's more fresh. It's not too harsh. Mm-hmm. Uh, the acidity will change a bit. But so, what's your target pH when you're packaging? pH? Yeah, uh, we are around the three point eight. And um, you mentioned wheat, so that's like malted wheat, uh, malted wheat, and then flaked and wheat. Flaked wheat. Yes, um, and. Um, and then just pills malt for the rest. And pills, yeah. yeah. Saison, it's always with pills. Uh, yeah. And English beer with pale Mary Sutter. Yeah. Yes. And then um, for the European hops you're using in, in the table beer? Yeah, so it's uh, only uh, the two best for me. <laughs> Styrian Golding and Iskian Golding. Okay. Uh, and are you using them just as a bittering charge or also aromatic charge? We put a bit like a bit more than one gram uh, for dry hopping. So it's just to put a, a small uh, freshness, fresh kick. a fresh kick at the beginning. But it's, I like this beer because you can drink it fresh, like when it has three months in bottle, but you can let it sit for several months or uh, years 
and uh, it will evolve not as much as a goose because it has less complexity inside it but it will always evolve a bit uh, the maybe the hops will disappear a bit and the bretonomyces will uh, show up uh, after i have the chance that i have a father that is a wine seller and uh, i always bring him beers but he don't drink too much so when I'm back at home, uh, I can go to his uh, basement and I find all the beers I gave him with uh, all the, the, the aging. And so I can always try some really old uh, Bière de Table or Saison mm -hmm. Sauvage or other. And I can evolved. compare them with new batches. And, um, and so it's that Bière de Table, it's a sour, wild beer, easy drinking, uh, easy to produce and so as for the saison it's uh, one of our main beer because we can produce it it doesn't take too much time and we can keep it at a low price not like the barrel age uh, mm -hmm. beer that takes much more time and so we have to to, to add a bit more price so I presume yeah. you're using um, like the city water Yep. Do you get in here? Mm -hmm. Do you know if that's like hard or super, yeah, super it's really hard? It's super like hard. Uh, so there's a lot of minerality. It's uh, on a seven point eight uh, pH. I don't have the the, 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 the bicarb uh, yeah. bicarbonate contents. And do you treat? Only with lactic acid, so it will lower the pH. But so, so that's for mash conversion more than anything yeah. else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we do not um, soften the water. Yeah, because we like that it gives a bit more of a harsh um, uh, bitterness and character to the beer. So we, we, we like to work that way. It's uh, important for us. Uh, not, you're not using any adjuncts or spices no. extra. No, 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 no. no. We, we don't like. We don't use to brew with spices and not other kind of chemicals. <coughs> so, initial fermentation with the French saison yeast yep. from White Labs. Yep. Um, usually, you get to close to zero gravity. Mm -hmm. Then you talked about your, would you say your magical wild blend? Yeah, we don't we don't hide anything, so I can tell you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's an house culture uh, of, yeah. of his that we we uh, gathered from beer that we loved. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, it's, years, it's, years it's, ago it's we a drag mix over time. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like a yeah. yeah, we use it like a sourdough. So uh, it was six years ago at that time. Uh, we made a... I think it was at the end of an unbrew session. Something like that. So it exists pre yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, sure. Uh, we made our first experiment with that uh, mix, but the mix evolved since then. But yeah, it, there was like five bottles, maybe a Cantillon, the Late, the Rank, Neville from uh, Groningen, and another one that I forgot. We keep we kept the dregs in a small bottle, and then I began to to make some uh, starter, and uh, and I made my first brew with it. Uh, and since then, we always keep the dregs from that, and we we. Nowadays, you know, like each time we brew, we remove a bit of the of the water in the in the jar of the beer in the jar, and we put some wort, and we keep the the the, the, the mixed living, and so it it evolves through all the words that we put. So it has a bit of uh, of English words, like with like more dextrin and the 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 saison are like more light with more simple sugar so it's even nice each time i empty the um, the jar i taste how it is inside with the with the sourdough with the blend 
and it's evolved a lot like if you brew a lot of English beer you will have much more bread forward uh, taste because it has dextrin and so it's really fruity like anana pineapple mm -hmm. uh, yeah same and uh, if you brew several saisons it will be a bit more acidic more on lactic acid and less mm -hmm. uh, uh, bread and so um, that, that wild blend actually changes over time yeah, as well. So you're, 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 you're learning, finishing the beers is also changing. Yes, we've been learning a lot with the and blend. Is it, is it only in one sort, one place? Do you have that somewhere you else? You can see it. You can see it. It's on the fridge. It's so a, if that if that yeah. if someone knocks it over by accident and it smashes, you don't have any. We bring some old bottles from our beers, take the dregs and begin again. Start again. We, we, we did it once, to be honest. Uh, the sometime uh, we had an issue with one uh, wild yeast that overpassed the other. And was, and it, was it was acidic? Or no, it was more like um, vitilphenolic, yeah. like yeah. A, a bit of plastic and uh, glue. Mm -hmm. and, and so we had to throw it away. It was, there was no way, I didn't find a way to, to, to reuse it. And so I took some of the first bottle of the table beer and one other um, home brew that I did uh, like uh, before the La Jungle and I restarted it. And uh, yeah, so. And um, did you ever pitch? that as a primary when i was in when i used it in homebrew yes now that we don't brew uh, as much as we should with the, that we cannot use it in uh, in primary but uh, and so it, it changed uh, a bit from back then and uh, my aim my goal would be once in the future brewery to be able to to use it as primary and not to make the the primary with the french because uh, yes it has another profile and uh, it, i liked it a lot uh, before that i like it now, that would be a special project yeah. uh, it's in my mind and uh, it's uh, we are planning to to work like this do you know the specs of the beer in terms of like ibu uh, bitterness level so yes and no <laughs> because we have a special we, we brew with a brewmaster uh, German stuff um, and we don't have a really good extraction because of uh, if we put too much hops on the kettle we cannot um, uh, rack enough uh, wort and so we have to you to work a bit with uh, some nets and with the nets we don't have a good extraction so we always have on the recipe to target maybe almost 10 to 15 ibu up upper time because of the efficiency uh, of the extraction feel. yeah so yes it, it's not the best uh, System to, system a lot of to work ups, with yeah. bitterness. To be honest, we we also want to work a bit more with bitterness, but it's not the it's not, <laughs> yeah. the, it's best. Not the system for it. No, or we should brew less volume uh, more yeah. and to to concentrate it. But it's uh, yeah, a bit difficult. I, I mean, one other thing, I guess, before we stop talking about about this beer is um, the artwork, and you know, I, I you mentioned that it's kind of a a modern brewery, mm -hmm. sort of respecting or paying homage to traditional styles and part of the modern element I guess is also that you have a strong visual brand that people know when they see it because of the color and the type of illustration that this is a, a jungle beer mm -hmm. and I think you're working with um, Marie Thurier yeah. Yeah. among other people perhaps I don't know but oh, for, for this line only or, yeah. so what's the approach then like what, what's your brief or like what did you want it to look like well, it's um, we also we also have another person who's working on the clean beers, and uh, well, the the main thing that we 
realize what's true for both of them is that the best thing is to let them have uh, the more liberty, that more freedom they can have. And uh, for Marie, it's like more... Um, so we have the table beer, which is a quick, wild mixed fermentation beer. We also, after that, have our uh, blend beer, which, and they contain uh, some beer that took like years in barrels to, uh, to, to get old. And so we want to have like a difference between table beer, which is more, I would say, uh, I don't want to say childish in a bad way, but more like messy, and then go to a complex beer to have something more strong. Yeah. So the first one was more something fun like that. And more serious, maybe. Yeah, something like that. Something that that get yeah, like a like a like a child that gets serious when he gets an adult, you know. Uh, so you say that to Marie, you give her bottles to taste. Yeah, and so basically we give her bottles to have a taste, and yeah, you know, since we have kind of citrus uh, profile and stuff like that, so obviously we went to. So this is kind of a, what she was doing in her hard work uh, without our. Uh, Ourself was something more like that with kind of uh, pre precise like design, but from stuff that doesn't really exist. So uh, and we want something. We wanted something that kind of a mod modular, you know. So that's what she proposed, something like that. And then we didn't we didn't really uh, uh, we realized before working with someone else that when we do too much, you know, back and forth, uh, you know, at the end it, it looks like something in between and it's not really nice. So it's like trust, uh, trust the artist essentially. Oh, absolutely, because we loved uh, her work at first, so we didn't want something uh, biased by, by our too strong input. So, and, so and what was the sort of the feedback to the initial kind of release of these beers in 2020 when you're putting out? You know this kind of visual brand where people like oh who, who are these guys or what was the vibe from the kind of positive vibes yeah uh, usually pretty yeah. positive we, yeah. we have good feedback always for uh, all the, the the labels and um, now we the, the first beer that we really released but it was not brewed at our place it was brewed at uh because of the the covid we couldn't brew uh as fast as we as fast as we hoped. wanted so you and started at instumlings and then yeah, yeah we had, had the equipment here. but we hadn't got the authorization uh yeah it took uh, yeah, it took uh, really yeah. too long so we, we wanted to have beer during yeah. the summer so we found a solution to uh, so the first beer was the saison du canal and that as it is a clean beer it was a uh, fred a, a good friend that is more involved in the street art in Brussels uh, that made the, um, the, the labels and so he did something in between street art and comics like from Belgium like really figurative saturated uh, color and we liked it a lot and that labels give us a direction for the the other beers that arrived and with him it was like for the clean beers it was more a label a, a draw related to uh, music to cinema to documentary and with a specific name and with an idea more or less an idea of the, the vision you know mm -hmm. and uh, and then arrived the table beer and we naturally decide to go with uh, Marie mm -hmm. which has a more like um, uh, organic organic and uh, stroke uh, let's say subtle and we like yeah. the way that there is there was something like a bit more feminine in the in the sour and wild ale and something more figurative for the clean beer and 
at the end we decided that it was a good way to for one same brewery have to distinguish the mm-hmm. to distinguish yeah. the two line yeah. and so there was one beer that was a Morev that was a blend of a clean beer with a sour beer and so Marie redrawed a label of Fred and it was a blend of so also uh, a collaboration then, yeah and yes. so right now we we work more like this and it's true that at the beginning we released much more um, clean beers like saison and English beer and we were working on the sour beer but as it takes more time like with barrels and stuff uh, there was much less release and right now we work with like two clean two saison and we release a lot of sour beer and wild beer because we have uh, lots of stuff and we like to experiment and so Mar- Marie is m- more working mm-hmm. right now but uh, we don't forget Fred we will carry yeah. on doing yeah, saison yeah. and experimentation and it's yeah. also Fred that, uh, that drew the, the logo of yeah. the, yeah. the brewery yeah. In the town on the hill where the apples grow The church bells ring every hour or so I took a little walk just to see the ships coming in The sun rose up right above the highway Black, blue, red, yellow, golden skyway It's like the day that you jump into the wind I can't go back down to that water Um, I can understand the kind of, you know, students drinking Dupont, Mm -hmm. wonderful beer, falling in love with Duranco de la Seine, traditional flavors, modern take. That totally makes sense to me. But when you have two guys from just outside Brussels mm-hmm. who are starting to make English-style eels in a commercial brewery in Belgium, probably, I don't know if you guys have a lot of experience drinking in like English pubs. Well, it's, we took recently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> honestly, at first it was... You know, uh, yeah. I guess, like, first of all, are there, are there any other breweries in Belgium making, like, let's say authentic as much as possible English eels it arrived after I think uh, we we found one or two bitter English bitter Stout definitely Uh, existed Stout and Porter but it's much more like an uh, um, identity of Belgian Mm -hmm. Porter or Belgian Stout yeah I think that's really sticking to the sticking to the style no, I, no, I didn't know before. No, no, me neither. Uh, I know that uh, XX bitter is an inspiration of an XX, but uh, of a bitter, but it's not a bitter. So when you started so the brewery and you were like, well, "Let's make some English beers," why did you take that decision? Was it kind of oh, because nobody else is doing it, that might be fun? No, we like no it was actually it was more Martin who came with that idea because he was. Uh, I think, I think someday he went to a Malta Tag for you know a beer shop and. Uh, I don't know. Maybe if yeah, no, no, I don't even know that. No, 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 no come on, come it's on. Good. No, it's it, the funny thing is that the English style beer come from Canada because oh, yeah, as true, the scene yeah, is uh, really much more uh, in advance or trying much more stuff from the, yeah, the old true, continent yeah. uh, Martin living in Montreal was always going to uh, Ile de Garde uh, a brew pub in Montreal that likes a lot to dig uh, into old European 
style mm-hmm. and we're doing a lot of German style uh, lagering Kolsch uh, beer and also uh, English beers and so it was a kind of revelation for Martin to discover a new style of beer because back in Belgium there was no beer like this and to realize that you could find something that was easy drinking but malty like it's not the saison that are dry and refreshing it's uh, you have a, a taste of biscuit of bread of malts that are really there there is not uh, there is a kind of residual sugar on it but still you can drink a big pint and you want another one. And it was uh, something like, uh, it's what I said, the, the link between the traditional beer, it's that people want to drink a lot of it and easy. So Martin had this experience in Quebec, but yeah. he comes to you guys and he's like, you know, we want to make, I don't know, what was it? Was it an English bitter or was yeah, it Yeah, the first one was that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, he, brewed it, he brewed some at home. He presented us. We were like, okay, that's good. We like the identity, the definition of the beer. We like the beer. But at that time, it was kind of impossible to find uh, an English bitter in, in Brussels. And step by step with uh, Malt Attack and Malting Pot, we could find some uh, Manchester bitter and stuff. Uh, and thanks to Anspach uh, and Hope Days also, and once before brewing the first beater, he organized us a big uh, English beater uh, tasting. tasting. It was late in the night. <laughs> drunk, yeah, we had a lot drunk. of other beers before. But instead of, of bringing <laughs> so. like one small can to taste, he brought each of us a big half liter yeah. pint. So we were drinking a lot and a lot, and we we we, we woke up the day after like oh, I'm not sure the bitter is like did I understand? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Especially that he brought different style of like extra special bitter, best bitter, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and they were all made by different breweries. So they, the uh, they, so. Honestly, it was more, um, we had, I mean, it was less clear the, the day after <laughs> than before. <laughs> so what is actually, actually a real bitter? But I mean, when, if it's less clear to you who are doing a tasting and planning to brew the beer, how are you going to communicate what it is when you sell it to Belgians who probably have never heard uh, about it before? We were a bit naive. Yeah, that's like maybe the, uh, something we did said like, We thought like, oh good, a bitter, everyone will like it. And we made the three first brew, three brew in a row, uh, all in kegs, and it was the first kegs that we were releasing in Belgium. So there was lots of um, excitement behind it because it was, oh, the first keg of La Jungle, and you arrived with an almost flat bitter. Yeah. <laughs> and I can tell you that it was a kind of mistake. We didn't communicate enough yeah. uh, behind that, and the people were, did not always understood what we wanted to do. Uh, even Especially some, that we, that we made it really low the, in carbonation, so it was yeah, really English-inspired. We so. were a bit too much following the traditional style, and so it was the first experience. It was hard because it was not a failure, but it, it was not as we were expecting. And but we decided to to carry on. And since then, each year we brew another bitter, and we go deeper into the style. We go uh, darker, like more amberish, uh, more um, like biscuit, more more into it, and. Um, and we try to communicate a lot because we brew each uh, winter the um, the English all the English beers and so we communicate. So it's the the new run of English beer. And that time we change a bit the each we we change the the hops for example and we go a bit uh, more like this more like this. And I think that now it what was a bit difficult at the beginning helped us to for the people to really understand what was the brewery uh, because not everyone was like going deeper and deeper into English style so it arrived a bit like this thanks to Martin 
And at the end, we, we were totally convinced by that because, yes, and after two years, we finally could travel to London. We spent three days there, only in the pubs, only drinking beer. beers, and it was... And was that, was that experience, I don't know, did you go to like the Harp or did you go to like... Yeah, the that was the first one after the trip. So, uh, I mean, was that experience, did that surprise you like, oh, yeah, this is different to what we kind of <laughs> thought we were doing? Because that's the, for me, it's always really surprising that Belgians drink so differently to yeah, the English right? in terms of in terms of like the culture of drinking, volume, flavor, mm -mm. and the drinking experience. I think it's just it's just different. You know, yeah, you've, no, here no, you've no, a cafe true, in the menu, you've stemmed glassware, you've got much more like um, you've got, you generally got higher alcohol. You've got mm -hmm. you know more pronounced yeast character. I mean, to say you don't something have, really stupid is the the foam difference. The, yeah. the pressure on the foam is just yeah. something so if you, if you, so if you present a, a beer here without you know a half a glass of oh, yeah, no, people yeah, think yeah. there's something wrong with Absolutely. it mm -hmm. whereas if you do it in, in, in England it's like you know I want my I don't want foam I don't want beer yeah. 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 <laughs> it fell all right to the brim with no foam no, absolutely and so so what were your kind of impressions of both the beer and the drinking experience when you did that trip I was kind of um, happy because I could find a lot of what we brewed in the beer that yeah, we that was really drank, nice. so that we were not totally um, out of the style. It was a, yeah, yeah. it was something that I was scared of because uh, yes, it was three years brewing beers and uh, and finally I was happy because we were really sticking to the style. We were a bit surprised because um, bitter were actually more bitter than we thought, uh, and more um, a bit of astringency, and uh, so it was uh, kind of inspiring. And then we went to visit uh, Harvey's. Uh, we were really uh, wonderfully uh, uh, welcomed uh, there, and we visited all the brewery, and it was uh, super inspiring. And yes, so yes, we learned a lot. We were surprised by, by the style of the way of drinking, like asking for the cask, always checking if there was some hand pump in the bar before going to be sure that to find uh, the, the good beers, uh, knowing about the camera and the way that they are fighting to keep uh, low price to the to the pints speaking with traditional breweries and also modern breweries that says that yes it's not always easy to make cask because if you make cask you are uh, struggling with the price of the big breweries and so so yeah we were learning a lot and it was um, it was yeah, it, for me it's very interesting because like the more you read about the connections between Belgian and British brewing mm -hmm. the more like you see the historical sort of togetherness of, of the past where you know there's definitely a shared kind of um, malt character a lot of the Belgian yeasts originated as like yep. ester forward ale mm -hmm. yeasts from the UK and sure. now of course they've they've evolved into something very different with more much more ester and, and, mm -hmm. and phenol sort of profiles and you know there's all this like you know the, the whole thing about re-fermentation and cast conditioning yep. there's, there's so many similarities but for me still they're, the drinking experiences in a Belgian cafe and in an English pub are like so alien. Yep. They're worlds apart despite those similarities. And I see that when you, if you, if you even start to have a conversation with it, like a Duval drinker, mm -hmm. there's just absolutely no understanding of how oh, yeah, yeah. English people drink. But that's so, also, yeah. I mean, when you, when you had those experiences at Harvey's and, you know, in the Harp and at, at these pubs, did you kind of come away thinking, 
um, excited to go back and continue with that sort of project, or was it like, oh, this isn't, I'm not as impressed with this as I am with the romance or the idea that I had before? Yeah, I think we were more convinced than the the other sense because uh, I think when we came back, we what we just wanted it was to to buy two hand pumps, and we we contacted our kegs uh, reseller uh, to to see if they had some cask because we cannot go through the the Kickstarter uh, system as they don't sell here. So no, uh, again, it was a way to drink easy drinking beer. Like every morning, each night we were drunk. Every morning we were. We stepped up and we were okay because we were drinking a lot, but of low ABV like beer, and a half, four like beer. the miles, we were drinking a lot of, of mild beer and it's, yes, maybe I drank four liters, but I'm still okay. I, I don't, and with Belgian traditional beers, what you are not brewing, it's not the same. I drink three Chimé Bleu and I'm out. So it you was still drink Chimé Bleu? Sometimes. So is that the... You know, I'm, I'm kind of searching here in mm-hmm. my discussion with you guys for like the, the North Star, yeah. which tells me who you guys are. <laughs> and is that, is, is that it? Is it the kind of the, the drinkability and the kind of that easygoing, pleasurable beer experience of the English pub, of the low ABV saison, of the fruitiness, the yeah. dryness? Yeah. Is that the thing that like turns yeah, you guys absolutely. on and keeps you That's going? what Felix said earlier. For us, one, uh, I mean, the best beer is the one you want to drink another another pint of, you know. So that's kind of what we are looking for. And it's popular in the way that it's that people yeah, can rely absolutely. on because it's easy drinking and, and not too expensive. It's not a, a super uh, triple dry hopping IPA that costs yeah. you uh, eight euro uh, twenty centiliters. It's uh, something that you can mm-hmm. yes rely on drink every day and and come back and uh, keep at the low price and it's. Uh, like yes, yeah, and, and if you compare like a porter and a saison, they they made for workers. You know, mm-hmm. it's something it's something to be refreshing. Something in, you, I mean, it's uh, so that's also something we like. Yeah. After the, the beer of we the like a more complex beer, but we will go more deeper into uh, barrel age uh, wild sour barrel aged beer and fruit to make some like special product that are more like tasting products but the main range will stay with saison and beer de yeah. table and, and saison sauvage that are uh, easy drinking beer well, and uh, that was going to yeah. be my next question about the like the you know pastry stouts the imperial beers the you know the crazy adjuncts that you might add you know as as a brewer is there not a sense that you like want to push yourself and challenge and do new things that you're not sort of boring yourself all the time? And also in today's market where new, 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 what's next? Did that ever appeal to you? Or are you, is your focus, well, my challenge is actually honing in? The well, I mean, the, the, the fact that something new uh, comes out definitely is a good seller, I would say. But it's not because it's new that it has to be super strange and bizarre, you know? So that's more how we're trying to explore, mm-hmm. to make novelty, but uh, with subtlety, I don't know how to say that, because mm-hmm. yeah, if, you, if you do in your second year, if you already do like pastry stout and stuff like that, you're gonna be bored in five years. I mean, so it's good to have a, a crescendo really, uh, you know, yeah. levered and uh, not... Really definitely that, and we have our uh, créneau uh, where we go through. And I think there is plenty of things to to discover and to try and, and, and to to 
I don't know if we say that in English, perfectionate to, um, to perfect. To perfect. Yes. And I prefer to see it like this: to perfect my beer by trying some small differences like this, and um, like even for the, the the wild beer and for the. Mm, if I can have a range of beer that is like a, a classic golden sour beer, but that is f like a stable in each blend, for me that's perfect. Uh, like I like the, to work on the stability and to work on the stability I have to try something around and to make some small tests and to, to, to get happy with that. But um, to mean that we, we will never brew each time a new beer, But we brew new beer. If you go to Untapped, uh, we have uh, 30 beers, for example. It's not too much, but it's not uh, like five core range beer. So it's an um, overall uh, approach of the, of the brewing. But like you said earlier, it's kind of an approach, like when you have a brewer, when you can say, okay, uh, has the same one, or we have like generic style of beer, and then, You know, if we don't have this one now, but you know, we have this one which is close, so you can also rely yeah. on that. So as long as you have a diversion of flavor, no, absolutely. It's, so it's, it's, it's always in having that in mind that we also trying to uh, develop a range and to uh, yeah, perfect uh, the different styles. Speaking of beer, let's try <laughs> another, another <one>. beer. <laughs> <laughs> and there goes the ASMR session. <laughs> Part three of this conversation is called The Grape Escape. This one is called uh, Noir Sauvage. Noir Sauvage. Yeah. So Noir is, is it black or dark? It can be, but it's the name of the, the winemaker we were working with. It's called uh, Guillaume Noir in Anjou, close to Angers in France. Okay. And Sauvage because it's a wild beer. It's a barrel age uh, uh, beer. Okay, so take me through the, the so, construction of this one. As we were speaking about English beer, it's funny because the, the first batch of, uh, of uh, English bitter, yeah, I told you we made like three batches of that, and so we couldn't sell everything. <laughs> so a part of the last batch ended up in a, in a, in a barrel, a wooden uh, barrel, and we added the, the magic yeast. And we let it sit for uh, two years. We are drink, uh, tasting it uh, every six months, more or less. So this is like a, a low ABV bitter with an English uh, yeast. Yes, but as the, the, the density uh, dropped as to almost uh, none. Because of the blend. Because of the Brettanomyces and yeah, the, the but blend. You probably only had like one, two plateau in there. Uh, we are around 5.5 ABV. Okay. Because the, the first beer was like 3.8, I think, mm -hmm. or 4, 4 uh, ABV. And so, so you have a 5% five, five beer with a little bit of residual sugar. You pitch your wild yeast in the barrel, mm -hmm. and then that ferments everything out. So you get the extra yep. 
um, sort of kick off from yeah. the, those, those. And the good thing is that as there was lots of dextrin, the the brettanomyces from the blend worked a lot, and we the result was really really fruity and really bread forward. It was really nice. And so at uh, that stage, what are you calling that? Sorry, before the before the fruit element, you've got now like a. A wild English ale. Yeah, a wild barrel aged yeah, bitter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was wild, yeah. And it was really good. And so uh, last year in summer, um, we met uh, Guillaume Noir in a natural wine festival in France, in Auvergne. And we knew already his, uh, his wine. And it's someone that is working a lot with all um, grape maceration, uh, which gives a certain color, a certain like uh, tannin taste, but complexity um, to do to, to the wine. It gives like the orange wine. It's the same, kind of the same uh, practice that the, the the orange wine, and he's doing a lot of maceration with um, red grape and white grape, and. Uh, so last uh, November, early November of last year, he sent us uh, some plastic barrels with all the pomace after the maceration, after pressing, and we received a mix of all, more or less all the variety that he was working with. So there was a Chenin and Gros Logris that are white grapes, and Cabernet Franc and Gros Lot that are uh, red grapes. And uh, we used them all. Uh, on a on on a plastic barrel, and we added the, the the beer on it. So the beer was like a bit less than two years in barrel, and we let it sit for one month. We were kind of picky because we knew that with the the skin and the seed of the pomace, you can get too much tannin, and uh, it's not bad. But if you get too much tannin, you have to let the beer uh, rest for a long time. So it was a bit tannic. But the expression of the grip was really nice, really uh, whiny, like uh, not too fruity, but more whiny. And uh, it was really nice. Uh, but uh, yes, we let it rest for uh, nine months. Mm -hmm. And we released it this summer at the same uh, natural wine festival uh, there. So it's a low ABV 5.5. Uh, it's uh, there is a certain acidity, uh, winey taste, a bit the tannin that were present at the beginning uh, get more and more smoother and gives gives um, more uh, mousse feel and complexity to the to the to, to the yeah, beer. Yeah, I, I I definitely notice that like a, a tannic thing at the very back, mm -hmm. and it kind of creates this um, perceived dryness mm -hmm. in the back of your throat, on this kind of you know, mouth-smacking sort of quality. It's uh, definitely have the acidity. And you have this kind of fight going on between like a, a kind of a citrus fermentation, but a lot, like you say, like the winey character. Yeah. Um, certainly quite a complex beer, uh, much richer than the other beers we've yeah. just tasted. Yeah, it's, it's so really, when you presented this true. at the wine uh, festival, uh, the Natural Wine Festival, what was the kind of the response to these weird guys from Brussels who are making <laughs> yeah. this, this you can split only with the <laughs> consumer that doesn't like acidity and that will yeah. just go away and then when they like acidity uh, they, they are kind of surprised and many of them found uh, something with the natural wine a link in between uh, because even if it's light it's yes kind of close to a uh, yeah, and it's a festival where I mean they knew uh, they know we are a brewery, 
and it's a natural one festival, so they're a bit prepared to some special stuff, I would say. So they're yeah, not they're expect- open to yeah, yeah, they're not expecting to find a surprise. Them. Absolutely, they, they don't expect to have a brewery that does only a blonde uh, devils and to have wine that makes only a barrel aged wine. Yeah. So uh, no, but mainly we had a well, we great. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, I think it was the, the beer that had yeah. most impact in the festival, and yeah. also because lots of winemakers came to, to to taste. So they are natural winemakers, so they are already prepared of something crazy and a bit uh, because it's what they do but um, no they, they we had really good feedback from them so and we sold uh, all the all the boxes so it was a success It's an uncertain time, I think, in in beer yep. and Belgian mm-hmm. beer. Like you said, there's there's two big reasons. One is like the kind of the the economic climate mm-hmm. with post pandemic global energy crisis, supply chain problems. Um, but then there's like another additional level of challenge, which is like the, how the beer world yep. is changing, and that's to do with changing attitudes to alcohol, generational changes in drinking culture. Um, a kind of, uh, I don't want to use the word saturation in terms of like breweries in the market, but there's definitely a a pressure for space in retail and horeca mm-hmm. for, for, for beers. So, I mean, what's your assessment of where Belgian beer is going to go from people that kind of spend their time inside the brewery trying to think about you know doing the making the best beer they can and getting it into the right places like how do you see things evolving in belgium well we were in london uh, in march and i think it's a good way to see how the market will evolve because i think we can say they are like three to four years uh in advance and like there's lots of we met lots of small brewery that had to grow a lot some of them that grew too much and went too much into distribution and lowering the sales price, which is not the best option. Uh, many breweries having like a uh, bigger production and a small bar, like in the Beer, beer Month Day. Uh, you see on Spike and Hope Day that tried to focus on some core range with the bitter, with the porter, and now fighting with the black. black. I think it's inspiring <coughs> because, again, they are fighting for a beer that is light, easy drinking, accessible, and I think it's the, the way, and, and you need to control a lot of yourselves. It's uh, mandatory, you need to... Yeah, and I think Belgium also has still a, a two-speed uh, two uh, market, you know? You get Brussels, and you get all the people around Brussels, I mean, not around, but far away from Brussels. Um, they don't really consume beer the same way. They still buy their beer to the, in the supermarket, if they see uh, a beer in a can uh, at three euro fifty, no way they're gonna buy it. So it's also that that we have to keep keep in mind that the um, the market is really different between 2019 when we started to think about the project than now. But there's also some stuff that didn't really change, not the way people see. 
see things even just between the, the, the combat between beers in bottle and in cans so uh, yeah a lot but of this is my thing is like the, the what we talked about earlier between the kind of the, the different drinking cultures that's why I think maybe comparison to a brewing scene in London is maybe not the most useful mm-hmm. or accurate because uh, because there is a difference, the difference in the, the way they drink and, and like yeah, for example it's true. very difficult to sell any type of saison mm-hmm. you know over there yeah. whereas here you, you can definitely sell it because there's more sort of um, interest in, in yeast forward beers mm-hmm. um, and it's just it's a kind of also a different market in the way the pubs are set up and the way that sort of bottle shops are set up but um, I mean I think just from talking to people it's like it's it's very difficult for everybody but the people that will end up surviving and having longevity are the people that have gone all in and they're so passionate about it and it's what they want to do that there is no other way so they're going to find a solution no matter what happens like you know you have people like you know Verzet for example who like this is just what they do and they're going to have some problems and they're going to have some challenges but they'll probably just outlast people and they've already had some experience you know and, and those types of guys and it's the people that maybe come in and you know think about contracting brands or trying to set up a brewery quickly and then you know not really understanding production fully and the amount of time it takes that will mm-hmm. I think it hurts so yeah, you need versatility to yeah. to understand how to yeah. take the good decision and be part of the community and be part of the brewery. Of course, world, you know. Yeah, yeah, and we yeah, that's super important. And we have the chance that in Brussels there is a brewing community and there is no issue. We can speak to everyone, and we are each and anyone are happy to share because they feel that they can learn from one to each other. And so yes, we know from that that it's not easy for no one. Uh, but uh, but there is solution. There is uh, some ways to take and uh, and again, I think that with traditional beers, we have uh, a path uh, because I think people will come back more and more to uh, to more simple beer and also like evident beer, like with local ingredients. It's already in in March that March. Uh, yeah, in uh, progress. In yeah, progress, absolutely. You can see all the breweries now are, uh, thanks to Often Normal, they are doing their own uh, malt, uh, as Often Normal is the the malting equipment. And yeah, in few years, everyone will, I think, come back to local ingredient because it makes sense. So I won't say that we are in advance, <laughs> but it's something that we already developed as a core business. So I think, and I'm. I'm sure of it that uh, the way we took is for the moment the good way for the, the future last so, question yeah. um, do you guys love what you do? a lot yeah for the uh, moment uh, yeah. <laughs> even if it's not easy every day and um, you know in this situation right now it's not uh, not knowing exactly now where you are going and what you will do in, where you will be in six months it's not easy but when you look back, uh, I speak for myself, but I think I can speak for Christophe also. It's good to to see that we do something that we like and that there is good feedback from the people and that you have consideration and people understand. It's, I think it's mainly that. It's that you realize after three years that people are understanding what you're doing and and they like, they don't like, but they, they understand and they... they they accept I don't know but uh, I think we yes we we are working well and I like what I do yeah sure you know sometimes you say 
why am I doing that? And then two years, two days after you have uh, something else and you say, okay, yeah, and I remember. This is why I'm, I'm doing it. It's important for us to go out of the brewery. Yeah, absolutely. We are two. There is no windows here. So mm -hmm. this time you can get mad. But then you have the festivals. The, you have some. Go, you go to the bar and you can share and you can speak. You meet brewers, yeah. you meet consumers. And that's the moment that makes you feel uh, what you are and makes you feel happy. And that's super important because yeah. sometimes when you are too much the head into the tank, Uh, you, you never see the front get of your neighbor crazy. Yeah. It's like, yeah, and one of the good things of the, the social medias right now is we, we send some stuff in a French uh, distributor and then someday you get a, a story of your beer in, a, I don't know where, in Saint-Etienne or somewhere in France and say, okay, yeah, that's, that's cool, you know. Absolutely. <laughs> we, we did that, so that's nice. Um, Christophe and Felix, thank you so much for speaking to me and uh, best you. of luck with everything with Brasil La Jungle and um, hope thank to, you very much, to share another uh, beer with you guys soon in the future. Yeah, sure. We'll see each other in, the, in our next tap room with more <laughs> ASMR from La Jungle. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, nice. guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was a real pleasure to listen to Christophe Bravin, Félix Damien talk about how they were honest with themselves. La Jungle's lease at Studio City Gate ends in September 2024. The organisation who manages the site, City Dev, intend to build a large-scale mixed development, which includes houses, a local secondary school and ateliers. Despite much work, Bravin and Damien haven't yet secured a new home for La Jungle. Their plan, when they do find a new location, is to focus specifically on their wild range. Their saisons and English beers will survive through a series of collaborations with respected breweries that specialise in those styles. Martin Pirenne now lives in Pointe-Saint-Charles, a neighbourhood in the southwest of Montreal. He brews at the Toltec Brew Pub in Boucherville and is working on a small fermentary he will call Mosaic. He wants to make, in his words, natural ciders, wild beers and spontaneous beers. Pirenne was back in Brussels in the summer of 2023, working alongside Bravin and Damien again, this time on a La Jungle Mosaic collaboration due for release in early 2024. In the meantime, La Jungle's saisons have become more honed, their mixed fermentation beer softer, their sauvage fruit range more expressive, and their English beers now appear with more Belgian levels of carbonation and more pronounced hop character. Pirin isn't the only connection they've maintained with Canada. They recently brewed a collaboration with the Canadian brewery Ile de Gart that so inspired them back in their Quebec days. And it's a narrative-appropriate 4% ABV English summer ale called Victoriaville. What's interesting is that their Noir Sauvage, the third beer we shared during our chat, was effectively an experiment based on an accident. 
an English bitter that failed to sell that they subsequently fermented wild and then macerated on grapes. Noir Sauvage has inspired more beers from La Jungle like this. Liasis, for example, is their wild export porter, barrel aged with blackberries and blueberries. Had their original experiment with English bitter not commercially failed so miserably? Had they not grown their own mixed culture since homebrewing days? Had that invite to the Auvergne Natural Wine Festival never arrived? Then Noir Sauvage might never have been, and La Jungle may never have found a way to merge their brewing streams. As I left Studio City after chatting to Bravant Damien and making my way back home westwards, I was trying to work out what lessons we could take from La Jungle. Maybe their story tells us that we shouldn't give up when something goes wrong. You know, pandemics, commercial failure, economic hardship, the loss of a friend who moves away. Or maybe it tells us that it's okay to have disparate interests which don't seemingly connect, but which actually might somehow belong together on our individual paths to create something new and unique. But only if we believe in ourselves, right? Flanders for their support in producing this podcast. Thanks to Cliff Lucas for shooting photography for our feature story about Le Jungle. I say this every time, but it would really mean a lot if you could recommend this podcast to someone you think would enjoy it, and if you could leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts. My name is Brandon Kearney. This has been the Belgian Smack Podcast. Until the next time, love what you do. Rolled up tight